TGI Friday, everybody. Hi, Thomas Miller on the Fun Astrology Podcast. Oh, thank you so much for just being you and for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by. Got a little treat for you here at the end. We're going to take a really quick look at the sky because there ain't much going on up there over the next several days. And then I'm going to leave you with a treat for the weekend. A little something you can meditate on for the next couple of days. Since we missed yesterday, thanks for the day off, by the way, let's refresh our memories that Mars is now no longer in fire, it's in Earth, Capricorn Mars now, zero degrees as we are waking up today, and it still is the Oracle planet, the one that comes up over the horizon just before the sun. Wish it was Venus, but it's Mars, and it will be for a little while. In a couple of weeks, Pluto, when the sun ingresses into Aquarius, Pluto is going to be our oracle planet for a few days. That will be interesting. We've had it as the moon changes signs forever, and now we'll have it as the oracle planet. The planet of intense power and intense change. And that actually complements Saturday's major aspect in the sky. So we'll talk about that in a second. First of all, let's follow the moon. <laughs> we have a Scorpio moon setting up 7.40 this morning Eastern time after a one-hour void of course. And what will this lunar transit bring? Well, if we move to Sunday and take the last aspect before the moon moves into Sagittarius, Sunday afternoon at 4.08 p.m., we have a sextile to Pluto. <laughs> and after a couple of weeks, we won't be hearing that anymore because Pluto will be at zero Aquarius, at least until it retrogrades back later in the year. And that's what I say is this is kind of a theme right now because tomorrow, here's a compliment to it, early, early in the morning, 3.35 in the morning Eastern, the sun squares Chiron. And it seems that as I'm hearing from some of you and then just observing and looking at social media, etc., what I think is that people are, you would say in a way, starting to wake up. But when we do, we become more aware of things like our Chiron wound or wounds. It's like we realize there's another whole part of this journey. It's not just about all the, let's say, fleshly pursuits, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? He who has the most toys wins. That's part of the human experience, okay, if that's where your focus is. But that's not everything. And when you wake up to that, then you realize, oh, there's some healing to do. Enter Pluto. Enter Neptune. Enter Chiron. We become aware of these things. So that's our weekend. Scorpio moon beginning at 740 this morning Eastern. Sagittarian moon, 410, let's just say broadly, Sunday afternoon. So in between, this is the little gift I wanted to give you. I finished the narration part of Steve Forrest's Book of the Moon this week, and the last chapter has so touched my heart, and I've been back over it in conversation and reflection myself, and I wanted to share just a few of the last paragraphs of the conclusion. And this is why you're going to want to get this when it comes out. It will probably be out, I'm guessing, late January, okay, so a few more weeks. But he summarizes the whole concept of the moon so beautifully. In the end of the book. But really, if you know these words as you listen through the book, you'll so get exactly what's going on. This one's a life changer, a game changer, y'all. It really is. So the last part that he mentions about the moon are the phases of the nodes of the moon. Well, that's right at the heart of this inner work that we were just talking about. And he believes, and I do too, that how we wrap up here 
sets the tone for how we come back. And he advocated earlier in earlier paragraphs that how we come back shows up in the first five minutes of a newborn's eyes. So he begins to conclude, and I'm just going to read this so I can kind of skip around and comment too, and I may change the way I read this because it is so touching. So he asks the rhetorical question, what then will your issues be the next time around? What about your mood? What will shine from your eyes five minutes after your next birth? At first blush, these questions seem unanswerable. But recall Padma Shambhava's simple formula. If you want to know your future life, look at your present actions. That's the law of karma. If you're always angry today, there's an excellent chance that same anger will still be blazing in your eyes next time you're a baby. If you are loving and gentle today, that mood will tend to reincarnate as well. Karma most fundamentally, is mere habit. Whoa, that was me. (laughs) He said there are deeper waters here, but these simple principles are pivotal and not really hard to understand because we don't need to reincarnate to see them working. We live with them every day. Yesterday's raging bull stands a good chance of being tomorrow's raging bull, too. Solar experience pours into us through the gateways of the five senses. That's the sun, Mercury, Mars, Venus, etc. But once inside, it has entered the second world, the realm of the moon, where we might digest it and turn it into lasting substance in our beings. And here's the line that just hit me right between the eyes. Built in to the message of the moon in our natal charts are instructions for making sure that the memories you are building today are nourishing ones. And that simply means that there are specific attitudes that genuinely feed and support you in the long run. And they are not necessarily the same attitudes that would be good for me, your Uncle Joe, or the person who shares a bed with you. There is a mood you are trying to achieve. The entire point of astrology's message is that we are all different beings on different journeys. Underlying every word in this book is the notion that there are right moods and attitudes for someone with a balsamic moon in Scorpio, moods and attitudes which would be unhelpful for someone with a fifth house Gemini moon in the Beltane phase. And by the way, unpacking all of that is exactly what the book is about. Whatever your lunar configuration, if you get it right, you are laying down the capricious bricks of memory with the right mortar. You immediately experience benefit. You feel happy, for starters. You feel a comfortable sense of well-being. In the longer run, you are setting the inner tone for your later years. But beyond that, you are also shaping the part of you that will pass through the door of death and rebirth. You are putting a positive spin on your next birth, and the moods and attitudes you have created in your heart will remain. It will define much of the mysterious experience you face after your heart stops. And when, after a moment of rest upon the wind, 
you have two clear eyes and a child's impressionable heart again, it will shine on. Signed, Stephen Forrest, New Year's Day, 2010, Borrego Springs, California. The takeaway of this, my friends, is that the moon in our chart shows us the very path of setting up our next life, which then points us to the perfect path for beautiful living in this one. We often get too bogged down with the physical reality, and we forget about what's really important. And with that Scorpio moon this weekend, what a perfect time to meditate on that. Big arms of love and hugs around your neck. I love you. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful weekend.